Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. We come to you each morning at 9 a.m. and offer this opportunity for you to hear God's Word, to confess um, our faith as we articulate it in the small catechism from Dr. Luther, uh, to sing a hymn, and uh, of course to study and to pray. There we go, and to pray. So, uh, see you checking in on the chat. It's good to have you. Defresh is on YouTube. Lori, Facebook. Karen's on YouTube. Don and Karen on, oh, excuse me, Facebook. Uh, Chris on Facebook. Vicky came in on YouTube as well. So, uh, and others will join us later or throughout the day. And uh, blessings to you as well. So, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Memory verse, this actually picks up where we left off last week. So you remember last week's verse was, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And then today, the rest of the week, picks up right where we left off. These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 7. All right, this ties in love in a quite lovely way with our catechism for this week, the third and fourth commandment, having to do with God's word and the home which God establishes. And how does God establish that home and keep it together? It's through the words which he has commanded loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, right? And of course, hear, O Israel, that is listening to God. All right. Our psalm this week is Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor it build in, build, uh, labor it, excuse me, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, so a few times there we have um, this word for vanity, right, to be vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. And then, of course, vanity in vain um, is that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, right? So here, vanity uh, means something like producing no result um, or useless, right? Um, but it can also be having or showing um, an excessively high opinion of one's appearance, abilities, or worth in English, right? So uh, maybe it has a sense of both here, 
So in one sense, you know, trying to build a house without the Lord um, is empty or useless. Uh, but also trying to build a house without the Lord puffs oneself up and makes one think too highly of oneself, failing to confess God. Right. So it can, I think maybe it has both meanings here. Um, in a sense, it comes from uh, comes from the Middle English in sense of devoid of real worth. Right? Without the Lord's uh, work, it's it's empty or or vain or without substance. Right. Vanus in Latin, empty without substance. Right. So modern usage of the word vanity uh, actually is getting in the way a little bit here of the classic under um, use of that word, which is what the psalmist is using here, or the translator is using here in the psalm. Good. First reading today is from Isaiah chapter 55. Yep. Oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you the sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. All right. So, a uh, very familiar reading to you. We hear this every year in our lections, our lectionary. Um, but note here the priority of things. Um, really, the word of God is set in opposition to the bread of toil, right? Working. Um, and it seem, if it seems like in your life that you're just spinning your wheels, there may be a good reason for that, according to the, the prophet here. It may be that you are laboring for that which is... Um, you're laboring for the wrong thing, <laughs> right? And so he says, listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in its abundance, right? And that is God's word, right? Incline your ear and come to me here and your soul shall live. And so, you know, while it is necessary for us um, to labor and to work, we talked about that yesterday, our priority ought to be, as again, as we said yesterday, around God's word, right? And even the priority of uh, the matters of the household, maybe not our work, but um, our children even. The priority for our children is that they that they hear, receive, and are fed by God's word. Hmm. Um, my experience as pastor, uniformly, <laughs> over the last uh, 12 years, has been that, um, with rare exceptions, this is not a priority for most of our families. And um, it's a shameful thing. We ought to be ashamed. Uh, we should not be like, you know, an American evangelical Protestant who has no shame, not for anything anymore. There may be a, actually a place for 
some of that culture of guilt and shame uh, to be renewed amongst us, which I'm actually going to talk about uh, in a recorded uh, podcast or recorded uh, program for KFUO later today, uh, but I'm not going to spoil that. It's going to be pre-recorded and won't broadcast for a couple of weeks. So I'll let you know when it's coming up and you can uh, listen to that. We're going to talk about uh, guilt and shame and the lack thereof. Okay. And uh, speaking of the home and God's word, um, our Old Testament reading, a reading for, it's not Old Testament, New Testament reading for catechesis today is from Luke chapter 2. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. Now, when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem, according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the days, and as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Jesus and his mother did not know it, but supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Then he said to them, Why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Jerusalem and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Okay. Um, Verse 40. With what was Jesus filled? This is important, I think, as a preamble to the story. It says he's filled with wisdom. That's right, wisdom. And, uh, of course, this draws us back to another figure, Old Testament figure, who was the wisest man in the Old Testament. That's right. That would be Solomon, right? Uh, Remember, God um, uh, told him that he could ask for anything that he wished, and Solomon asked that he be um, the wisest man, right? Um, But also note something about Solomon. Who's Solomon's son? Uh, Solomon is the son of who? Or whom? David. David, right. So we have David's son being wise, the wisest man filled with wisdom. Um, also, what was Solomon responsible for having accomplished? Was probably his, the thing that he's most um, well known for as far as permanent permanence. Second Chronicles, right? Solomon uh, is the one who built and completed, or completed the temple that David had uh, ventured to build, right? So Solomon built the temple. Of course, not the temple that Jesus is in. That's the rebuilt temple, but um, still the point is the same. So we have the wisest man in the temple. I don't think that's coincidental. All right. Um, Verse 41 is important. Important for us too, I think. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, right? Why does Jesus go to the feast of the Passover? I think of Jesus as, as, as kind of a pivot point in all of human history, so we have the Old Testament feast of the Passover, right? Jesus goes to, uh, and and actually recognizes the feast to fulfill the sacrificial law, everything that was established in the Passover. And then, um, as Paul says in First Corinthians, uh, chapter five, right? Jesus uh, Christ is our Passover Lamb. He's our Passover Lamb, right? So then he becomes the fulfillment of that. And now in Christ, uh, we have our Paschal feast. 
uh, in sincerity and truth, right? As we say in Eastertide every year. So he fulfills it and then he becomes it in a sense, right? He becomes our Passover. Specifically, remember what's the Passover recognized from Exodus? When the angel of death passed over, right? The homes that had been sprinkled with the blood above their doorway. So we sing this in our hymnody. Um, um, See his blood now marks our door, door of our heart. Death um, looks uh, looks to it and passes o'er. This is uh, Luther in his phenomenal, really phenomenal um, Easter hymn, which we sing on Easter Sunday. Um, Christ Jesus lay in death's strong bands. And I know it was not a very popular one and not sung very often here before I came. Um, but I think, though, despite maybe the challenges of singing it, I think it is essential for us to confess. All right. So Christ is our Passover lamb, um, and he marks our blood by the forgiveness of sin so that um, death cannot harm us either. Um, There's only actually two mentions of the Passover in Luke's gospel, which is interesting. And we have Jesus going for the Feast of the Tabernacles, Feast of Booths, uh, but only twice for the Feast of Passover. Here, and the only other time, of course, is at his death, Luke 22. Now, it's different than John, I think he goes three times, but here, um, or it's recorded that he goes three times. Here, it's only recorded twice. Of course, he went every year, but um, the way the narr- uh, narrator is telling the story, he, he's bringing particular emphasis to the nature of the Passover here. Okay. Why um, Why do we hear about Jesus visiting the temple at 12 then, do you think? Why particularly age 12? Luke, like John, has a sense, a keen sense of num- numbers, numerology. 12, indicating what? The 12 tribes of Israel, of Jacob, right? Uh, who To whom God promised, like he had promised to, to Abraham and Isaac, the, to carry out the work of redemption, to be the Messiah, right? And so here's Jesus beginning, well, in a sense, continuing, or yeah, beginning his work as Messiah in Luke, which is a little bit different than the others, where that really begins at his baptism. What did Jesus do at the end of the feast? It's right there in verse 43, right? He lingered behind in the temple. Um, After the feast, uh, years later, (laughs) who else was on the road after the feast? So we have the beginning of the story, we have a road after the Passover. At the end of the gospel, Luke 24, we also have a road after the Passover. That's the road to Emmaus and the Emmaus disciples, right? Also, we have three days here. At the end of the story, we also have three days, right? Hmm. Not coincidental. Um, this story serves as a bookend to the road to Emmaus, the resurrection account. All right. Uh, where did Mary and Joseph finally find him, of course? In the temple. And what was he doing? Yeah, he's, he's um, catechizing them, it sounds like, or they're catechizing him, or is it both, right? They're both listening to them. He's listening to them and then asking them questions. This is catechesis. What does this mean, right? Vasistas, all right? And that's just like the road to Emmaus as well. Remember, um, the those disciples they ask, you know, were, uh, were you what? What is it? What do they ask about um, what happened there? Were, are you not the only one who was in Jerusalem these days? You know, who did not see what had happened? Something like that, right? Luke twenty four. Trying to do it by memory. Uh, how do they say? Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem, and have you not known the things which happen there in these days? Right? But remember how Jesus responds to them. O foolish ones, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? 
right? But he didn't leave them there. Then he catechizes them. At the beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them, and the word there is um, explained, um, diamaneo, right? To interpret or to explain to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself, right? So we have catechesis at the beginning and the end as well. Not coincidental. Of course, then we have this uh, really substantial contrast made, right? Mary says, or his mother, emphasis on mother, says to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father, lowercase f, and I have sought you anxiously, contrasted with Jesus' response, why do you seek me? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business here? Um, the translator just rightly capitalizes the father there. All right, so we have these two fathers in the contrast. Earthly authority, heavenly authority. Hmm? Did Mary and Joseph understand what Jesus was getting after here? Not at this point, right? But Mary, um, of course, stores this up in her heart, as it says there, kept these things in her heart. Um, no doubt then um, recites them to, um, to Luke, Paul's disciple, when Luke comes uh, to interview her to write his account by the Spirit's inspiration, right? Um, so how can, can we understand these words? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? What's, what, what makes us different than, say, Mary uh, and Joseph, particularly Mary here? We're on the other side of the resurrection. We can understand by faith um, that the real work of Jesus is or was to be his death and resurrection as written by the law and the prophets, right? So his father's business is literally the work of saving you. All right. But then very important for our salvation too is verse 51. Not just that he kept the feast of the Passover, right? And that he um, was faithful to, in hearing God's word and keeping it. But also, verse 51, he was subject to his parents and went down with them. All right? So he kept the fourth commandment as well. Um, the third commandment is not in contradiction to the fourth commandment. The two go together, as a matter of fact. All right. And then it says that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, right? So he was filled with wisdom, like Solomon, and then he grows in wisdom, right? So now we have the mystery of the incarnation there. That Christ is both wisdom, but he's also um, as wisdom incarnate, so God in human flesh. But as human, as, as a boy here, he's growing and developing and learning um, even more who he is, which is a divine mystery. All right. So, Luke sets before us the son of David, the one greater than Solomon, who would be offered up as our Passover lamb. He fulfilled the hopes of the twelve tribes of Israel and is the content of the preaching of the twelve apostles. That is, this child is the center of all scripture, for all true theology is about this Christ. He is the one who has kept the law for us in every way, whether it be the annual Passover or the obedience to his parents under the fourth commandment. Jesus was busy hearing the word of God, learning it, and speaking it, that he might fulfill the commandment for our sake. Though he was God, he did not despise his parents, but submitted to their authority, as well as to the authority of his father. In fact, though Joseph was not his real father, quote-unquote, Jesus willingly submitted himself to him. All this Christ did that we might have our sins covered by his righteousness. All right. One of the things I thought we ought to do is actually reorder these things. So I'm going to do that now while I'm thinking about it. That instead of praying the catechism after the readings, I think we should pray it before. And then we'll hear the readings in context of the catechism. All right, so we're going to do a little 
little change of order here. All right, so we're going to put the catechism there and then put the readings here. Okay, so we'll do that moving forward. We'll see how that goes. I wanted to try that out. All right, and then we can even put the prayers in a different spot. All right, so we're changing everything up here. The hymn will come next. Um, we'll put our prayers for the catechism. Oops, let's do it this way. Sorry to do this all on screen, but all right, good. So we read our reading. Now we can sing our hymn. <laughs> uh, oh, bless this house. Father, we are to make every day holy by hearing, studying, and meditating upon your word. Forgive us our sins against the third commandment. Strengthen us by your word and spirit, so that we do not despise preaching and your word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it throughout our lifetime. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, forgive us for not honoring our parents. Strengthen our faith in Jesus so that we do not despise or anger our parents and other authorities but honor them, serve and obey them, love and cherish them. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray our collect for the week. Almighty and merciful God, by your gift alone, your faithful people render true and laudable service. Help us steadfastly to live in this life according to your promises, and finally attain your heavenly glory. 
Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray for faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for all vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace. We also pray, uh, let's see, today with Eileen, who celebrates her baptism, and she's there in the chat, so happy baptism birthday, Eileen. Uh, Let's see, we also pray for the households of our church, that of Chelsea, Chris, Renata, Katrina, Garrett, and Brandon. We pray in Thanksgiving for the confirmation of Matt and reception of Maureen into our fellowship. We pray for all our uh, newly enrolled catechumens, both in day school and after school. We pray for those ill, receiving treatment, or recovering, especially Marcella, Joe, Kelsey, Dan, Brad, Ron, Betty, and Heidi. Heidi is the mother of Stefan, our teacher, um, who had a heart attack. We pray for Bev, Willis, Ed, Mickey, Paul, and Pauline, who are homebound. We pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially um, this month we pray with Anchor of Hope, and we ask the Lord to give us generous hearts to support their work. We also pray in intercession for victory over the world. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. It's been a joy to have you with us here today as we, um, in Christ, fulfill um, his command to gladly hear preaching in his word and hold it sacred each and every day, learning it together. So uh, you can do that again each day with me, or you can do it on your own. Um, And of course you can, could, and even might suggest uh, supplementing what we do here uh, with other devotion and prayer throughout the day. Uh, Let's see, anything in particular else going on? I don't think so. Busy day for me, so I'm going to get moving. So Lord's blessings to you, and I hope to see you again tomorrow.